the Fantasy Football Pod. Nick and Cody coming at you on a Wednesday night, August 16th, talking a little running back draft strategy today, Cody. Uh, I think this is probably one of our most important episodes. Obviously, the, uh, the QB and tight end draft strategy episodes are important as well, but the bulkier picks are going to be coming uh, you know, at the running back and wide receiver slot, so uh, these two episodes upcoming are probably the most uh actually useful for uh for the clan here so hopefully we are on our game tonight how are you uh how you feeling the clan is that when we when we get big that's our that's our fan base name is the fan tc clan i can i can get behind that yeah i gotta <laughs> i gotta throw a few names out there we'll see i feel like sticks. it's better than just calling them the people like we kind of have been to end every episode so mm-hmm. uh no i actually like that but yeah i'm i'm pumped obviously with running backs and wide receivers uh just going through the notes that we have in our sheet i think there's a lot of you know, good conversations we could have about some certain guys. Um, but I, I think, I mean, we have a round, Mount Rushmore, and then we're going to do basically rounds one through four in this episode. We'll have rounds five through the end of the draft of running backs. Uh, we'll be coming out the same day, just in a separate episode. And it'll basically be the same thing for the wide receivers the next day. So if you get to the end of this one and you're like, what happened for rounds five and on? We're just cutting it up a little bit for you, trying to make it a little bit more digestible. So check your feed. It should be up there as well. But, Nick, I know we are both kind of wanting to get these uh, crunched out tonight. Do you want to jump straight into Mount Rushmore? Let's do it. Perfect. We Absolutely. are doing the Mount. Uh, you kick it off with the first pick. Uh, oh, you get first pick since I had first pick last time. But we are doing Mount Rushmore. Okay. Of okay. Worst college team names. I think I kept calling it mascots, but basically worst college team names um, so we'll, we'll get into it. I think Nick and I have the same number one overall pick, so I will let him go ahead and, and go ahead and take that one. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go number one. I, I did kind of combine the two as far as the mascots and the team names. I feel like, you know, it's team names first, but then the mascot sort of plays into it, especially with my first pick. My first pick is going to be the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, just first off, the name is just a color. It's Cardinal Red, which is Stanford's color. They're red and white. Really lame and very, you know, uncreative. And then the, the mascot is a tree. Like, how do you get cardinal? How do you get a tree from cardinal? It makes no sense. I mean, I get the redwood, uh, you know, aspect of the, uh, you know, of the mascot, but just be the redwoods. Then it's not a great name, but it's better than cardinal. Uh, I, I just think that the combination of the mascot not fitting at all and the name being pretty stupid to begin with is. Uh, Makes it an easy first overall pick for Yep, that was the clear 101 for me. I think that the Stanford tree has to be the stupidest <laughs> yeah. mascot out there. I guess that is kind of going mascot, but that one it's that one pick. has to be on the board. It is terrible. So, um, yeah, that was the clear 101 uh, for me. So I get my first and second pick here on the turn, or I guess we're all on the turn. But I'm going to go with my first one. I'm going to go with the Syracuse, Syracuse Orange. Um, again, just a color, so kind of going off the same thing as Stanford, but they also go a little bit further and just have a giant orange as their mascot, which has to be the least intimidating mascot in the entire world. So I thought that one was kind of funny. Um, so I'm going to take the Syracuse orange as a terrible team name slash mascot. And then I'm actually going to jump down a couple because there's a couple that I have on here that I think are just bad names, but this one, I want to make sure I get on my team. That is the University of California, Santa Cruz. They are the Slugs. That is their team name and mascot is just a <laughs> That big was on slug. my board. That was on my yep, board. <laughs> I, I think that is about as dumb as it gets. So I'm taking the University of California, Santa Cruz Slugs. That's pretty good. I think that is uh, 
pretty self-explanatory. I mean, just I, I actually appreciate when colleges kind of uh, branch out with their team names. I don't like the fact that they're you know coming from a college that uses the nickname Tigers. Uh, I you know I don't like that there is just so many tigers, so many wildcats. I'm okay with getting different, but you know just just going off the board like that just gets into the realm of being silly. And you know at some point you want your mascot to be you know intimidating to a degree. So I, I agree with you. That's pretty ridiculous. I think I'm going to go along the same vein here for my second pick. That's going to be the Scottsdale University artichokes. No. Uh, I I don't really have to explain this one too far, but uh, I I just. You know, there are, there are, I guess, more intimidating fruits out there than an artichoke, but I feel like that one is just super forced and, you know, with someone trying to be funny and they actually ended up winning the vote uh, on whatever board approved that name. But uh, I think you got to go back to the drawing board with that one. And I'm going to go a little more mainstream with my third pick. That's Ohio State Buckeyes. I hate to be picking on trees, but again, uh, when you really break the name down, it is literally just a tree. That's all the Buckeye is. Uh, I, I I don't I don't get naming your you know your college after uh, even a state tree. I just feel like you can get more creative than that, and it doesn't make for much of a mascot. I feel like what's their mascot, Bucky? It's just a it's just kind of a guy. So I think there yeah, are more creative names out there, and uh, this one, yeah, not yeah. Not, uh, not my favorite. Yeah, made no sense to me. I actually the Buckeyes came up on my list as well, and then I had to do some more research to figure out what Bucky the Buckeye was. And yeah, it's basically just. Right. <laughs> a weird looking version of a human, I guess, as a mascot. So that is terrible exactly. on top yep. of, again, if you're going to be named after a tree, why don't you just take Stanford's idea and make your mascot a tree? <laughs> it's it's dumb, but at least it would go together with the name. So um, I, I like that pick. So you so far have Stanford Cardinal Trees, San Scottsdale U Artichokes, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. I have the Oh my goodness, I cannot say this. UC Santa Cruz Slugs and the Syracuse Orange. So I get my two picks here. Uh, the first one I'm going to go with is going to be, they're actually both based in the same state, so I am currently targeting this one. It is going to be the Wichita State Wheat Stalks. Um, it, it makes sense being in Kansas. I get it. Um, but a Wheat Stalk as your mascot, I think, is... Uh, and it's just overall your team name. Again, I understand branching out just a little bit, but for me, that's just a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, I get, I know they're in Kansas. I get that, but it just makes, I don't personally like it. And then um, I'm going to go ahead and rip off number four real quick. I'm going to jump onto the Kansas Jayhawks. And not necessarily the Jayhawk in particular, but just wanted to, I did some research for this draft and just being some Missouri boys, I feel like we should bring down Kansas any chance we get. The term Jayhawk was originally Absolutely. a term used by pro-slavery Kansans to describe free state supporters during the bleeding Kansas period of the 19, 1850s. So if you are a Kansas a proud Kansas Jayhawk, you are just a proud racist. So <laughs> not really, but I thought that was funny. A little bit of history here with my bad mascot. So I'm going to take the Kansas Jayhawks. I love the research and I love the bashing on KU whenever we get the chance. Uh, I, I'm going to go with this one might get me in some trouble at home, but hopefully, uh, Lana, if you're listening, I love you, but the Virginia Tech Hokies are going to be my last pick. A Hokie is a turkey. So, uh, I like, again, going off the board a little bit. Hokies, not my favorite name. It doesn't sound like too intimidating. And then, you know, once you peel back the curtain, it's just a turkey. It's like one of the least intimidating birds you could possibly imagine. Uh, they orig their original name was the Fighting Gobblers, 
which I think is pretty hilarious. I think I might have stuck with that if I was Virginia Tech. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we can do better than Hokies. Uh, it doesn't really strike fear into your heart when you hear it. And the, the fact that it just ends up being a turkey is like, you know, we, we can do better than this, guys. Come on. Uh, this is a pretty big-name school, and... I think the, the the fighting gobbler should uh should make a return. I, that, that one that, that makes for some good t shirts. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely some good. Um, <laughs> They'd sell a lot of yeah, merch. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like Barstool would just run with that one if they got their hands on the fighting. Oh gobbler. man, so, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good pick. I actually like that one. I did not uh, did not get to get into the research of Virginia Tech, so I appreciate that. Um, a couple other ones here, I just wanted to throw out the Nebraska Cornhuskers. If you look up what a Cornhusker is, it's just a Nebraska native, so kind of dumb in my opinion. Uh, we have the Delta yeah, State fighting Okra, who, you know, again, Delta State's very non-mainstream, but just fighting Okra's odd. The Fighting Pickle at the University of North Carolina School of Arts. That just sounds like a School of Arts type of uh, mascot. And then yeah, I, I saw that one too. Probably my favorite one that I found while doing my research, but I wanted to go more mainstream, was Dartmouth's, at least at some point in Dartmouth's history, they had a mascot called Keggy the Keg, who was an actual keg of beer as a mascot. That's so amazing. That one deserves a shout out in of its own, but... I think that we hit a lot of the main ones that people are going to want to hear about. Uh, any others that you want to shout out now that we have the Mount Rushmore built? At the at the risk of completely putting myself in the doghouse, uh, my lovely girlfriend's a Virginia Tech and a St. Louis University grad, but uh, our St. Louis University Billikens are uh, one of the, the worst mascot names, in my opinion. Again, it is literally just a statue of an older Asian man basically is that's all it is. So that is what a Billiken is. If you really want to dig into the the lore there, but it is a, it's just a really strange combination of, you know, a city in the dead center of America in the Midwest and uh, a Billiken. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really look into the lore on that one because I, again, I, I think I, I ended up going with some other options, but uh, I, I that was on the board for me and I, I didn't really get it. Absolutely. All right, Nick, let's buzz through some news and notes so we can get the people onto the running backs. Absolutely. Uh, we actually had a couple news and notes happen in between last night's pod and this one. I may have jinxed, uh, if anybody listened to our news and notes update yesterday, may have jinxed a couple guys today. I said we avoided major camp injuries and we got a couple. Luckily, it seems like most of them are uh, not going to be of the season-ending variety. But Traylon Burks, he suffered an LCL sprain. He will miss a few weeks. Titans avoid a major injury here, but his status for week one is probably in some doubt at this point. Uh, did not suffer a season-ending knee injury, though. I think that was the original fear, so good for him. Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown leave joint practice. Jamison Williams pulled up on a deep route, grabbed his hamstring. This one seems like a pretty classic uh, you know, hamstring strain here. Going to just have to wait for the word on the severity there for Jamison Williams. He is unfortunately suspended for the first six games. He's not going to be able to practice with the Lions during that time. So it seems like he might not be with the team at all until uh, his suspension is over. I believe they have their bye week within the first six weeks as well. So that'll be after week seven. A big blow for Jameson Williams. These reps were probably very important for him, being that he missed most of last year and they, he will miss practice for the first at least seven weeks of this year. So uh, that is not good news for him. And then St. Brown looks like he's okay. He continued uh, individual work. On the side, might have been a, a slight ankle sprain, but I don't think you got to be worried about that one. Jonathan Taylor left the Colts as soon as he came back. Uh, it was for a personal matter, apparently, a day or two after he returned. This absence is excused by the Colts, so 
we are not sure what this is, but uh, apparently, you know, he has a reason for leaving a day or two after he finally arrived at Colts camp. Russell Gage, this one is a major injury, uh, not too relevant for fantasy, but, uh, you know, sad for the man. Russell Gage expected to miss 2023. His knee injury is expected to be serious. Uh, I don't think I've seen any updates as to what it is yet, but uh, he will miss the 2023 season in all likelihood. Jordan Addison of the Vikings enters concussion protocol. Uh, Encouraging to see that uh, Coach Kevin Stavansky hopes to have him back Monday. Doesn't seem like it's uh, you know too serious of a concussion here in that case, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, these these uh, you know concussions are always very hard to predict. It's impossible to know how someone's going to recover from them, so uh, something to monitor. But we have plenty of time before the season starts. He should be fine. And then uh, a bit of positive news. I wanted to throw this in here for mostly myself and uh, you know any other Ken Walker keeper league dynasty holders out there. Head coach Pete Carroll says Ken Walker will be ready for week one. Notoriously uh, optimistic and untrustworthy when it comes to updates, uh, that being Pete Carroll, especially on injuries. But I think this one kind of tracks for what we have seen of the uh, the nature of this injury to this point. So uh, that's good news for uh, Ken Walker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Ken – yeah, I think we're going to end up talking about Ken Walker later on in this episode. So I'll just like wait till we get to there on him. The wide receivers yeah. suck. I guess my only like real opinion here, well, JT, I don't want to say anything about that because if it's a bad personal matter, that's just piling on his situation more and more. So yeah, that's very. That's just gotta wait till you yeah, see what a rough it is. situation. Uh, Jamison Williams, if he has like, I I know the answer to this, but I just want to reiterate it for the people. If Jamison Williams has a hamstring injury, but he's suspended by the NFL, will he have an injury designation that will allow me to put him on IR, or does he still have to sit on the bench because he's technically suspended? No, he will He will definitely be suspended. I don't believe that loophole will come into play, and I think if the Lions opted to go that route, he may be forced to serve his suspension when he comes back from IR. So it makes more sense for the Lions just to allow him to be suspended and he can recover from his hamstring injury should it still be an issue when uh, you know week one rolls around. But I think you're going to have to keep him on your bench, unfortunately, Cody. Yep, for sure. All right, cool. Uh, before we jump into our running back tiers, just want to say if you're watching on the YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you follow the podcast. Make sure you leave a five-star review, comment, like, follow all the social medias. They're all linked in the podcast and YouTube description. So, uh, other than that, Nick, I think we're ready to rip off rounds one through four of our running backs here. I will let you take it away. Yeah, so I'm just going to uh, kind of uh, lay this out for you guys uh, just about how we are doing this. Uh, these tiers are broken down by round. It's going to be rounds one and two, rounds three and four, rounds five and six all the way down. I didn't plan on doing that way when I started. I was just going to kind of group them by ADP, but these tiers are a note taker's dream because they really do break right at each second round. Basically between round two and three, there's a tier break between round four and five and so on. There are tier breaks all the way down here. So it really works out well to kind of talk about these guys in this way. And I believe, um, you know, there, there will be many tiers within each of these tiers we'll talk about, but I think it's just a good way to break these guys down. And again, it's going to be a lot more about draft strategy here in rounds one and two than it is going to be a show that we're, you know, breaking down each individual player and how we feel about them. So we're going to kind of give you more of a, an overview of how we are targeting these guys in a general sense, as opposed to again a uh, you know long meticulous breakdown of each player. Yeah. So it's a it's a draft. I'll go ahead and introduce. Yep. Draft strategy is the key yes. point behind these next yep. two episodes. We're not going to go in and go player by player as deep as 
some people out there like. There's plenty of podcasts and plenty of YouTube channels that do that. This is specifically focusing on the draft strategy, how you're going to build your team in different rounds, where you should target wide receivers, where you should target running backs, stuff like that. So, sorry, Nick, didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to reiterate that point. I think that's no, important. you're all good. Uh, yeah, I I do appreciate you kind of clarifying that point. And yeah, like you said, there are there are shows that will give you the full breakdowns of each player if you want to go that route. But I feel like this information will be a little bit more directly applicable to your drafts as opposed to you know taking the information you get about Austin Eckler and then applying it to okay, do I want to draft him at five or at six or what have you? So uh, I'm going to introduce the tiers and then we can kind of break down uh, the guys that we are targeting in rounds one and two here. So in the first tier of running backs, we have McCaffrey at the top, Eckler at two, Bijan at three, Saquon at four, Nick Chubb at five, Tony Pollard at six, Derrick Henry at seven, Jonathan Taylor at eight. And again, I want to uh, give this disclaimer as well. NFC ADP is what we are using for these tiers. Again, NFC ADP being a, uh, a site that kind of takes an amalgamation of some sharper drafters, a lot of best ball leagues, um, and what have you. People that are just spending a little more money on their fantasy leagues, generally those people are going to be a bit sharper than your ESPN ADPs and your uh, you know your Yahoo ADPs and what have you. But uh, So let's start right at the top here. I think I kind of want to break this down by the first round guys and the second round guys. So we'll start with McCaffrey, Eckler, Robinson, and Barkley. Cody, uh, are we comfortable taking McCaffrey at 101, or are you targeting uh, one of the other, you know, one of the wide receivers, Jefferson or Chase, or you know, I guess Cup is in that conversation as well? Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to say Cup is out of that conversation just for right now until I hear Same some more, some positive information about him and the Rams. Um, so if it's between CMC, Agreed. Chase, and Jefferson, I mean, for me, it goes down to Chase and Jeff. Not sorry, uh, CMC and Jefferson right now, just with Joe Burrow's injury. And I'd really love to have the number two pick so I could have this decision made for me and I just get to take the next guy. Totally agree. Um, so I think if I'm at the 101, if there's any kind of a lean towards wide receivers, whether that be a three wide receiver or maybe even a full PPR draft, I'm probably going Justin Jefferson just about every single time. But I have no problem taking CMC at the number two overall spots. My biggest reason, if we were going strictly off of NFC ADP, at the 2-3 turn, you're you're leaving yourself with Jonathan Taylor and then some other guys we'll get into in the next round that I don't think either of us feel as comfortable with. So I think CMC gives me that strong running back one. It lets me go heavy wide receiver for rounds two, three. And then at that 4-5 turn, I can kind of you know add another – again, another guy we'll talk about later. But I like that strategy if I have the early spots. Now, in my mocks that I do on sleeper, I will say usually one other decent running back does fall to that 2-3 turn. But if I'm not able to bank on that, I will take CMC and just lock down my top running back position. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you on the overall philosophy there. I'm taking, uh, I'm personally taking Chase, but if you want to take Jefferson, I have no qualms about it. At number one in half and full PPR leagues. Non-PPR, I'd probably lean McCaffrey at number one overall. Again, just because the running backs become a little more important uh, with their touchdown upside there. Uh, but in general, I agree with you. I want to get one of these top eight and play a little hero RB. That's kind of how I'm approaching my drafts. I really want a solid RB1. Uh, then, you, like you said, you can build out your depth of other positions. Let the value fall to you at wide receiver uh, or QB or tight end. I don't mind uh, you know, drafting an early guy there I, as far as one of those onesie positions goes in the first five rounds. And then we'll get into it later. But there are some guys we like from rounds five through eight to fill out your running back position. I really want to take you know about three of those guys and then – one of them can end up being your RB2 if you hit 
you know, one out of three. And that just, you know, you're playing a numbers game at that point in the draft. And uh, I think you can trust our analysis and your own analysis to, uh, you know, you've got to be able to hit one of those three guys in the late rounds to really uh, separate yourself from the rest of your league mates. But uh, I think McCaffrey, again, I'm okay with them at one one I would prefer the wide receivers in half and non half and full PPR McCaffrey and, and non would be my number one overall player. Uh, the rest of the first round running backs, I don't like until the late first round. I don't know how you feel about Eckler, Robinson, and Barkley. They all have some warts. You know, Robinson is a rookie. We don't know exactly how he's going to be used in that offense. Barkley, not on the best offense. Uh, the Giants have a really tough schedule. And then Eckler is getting up there. He's 28-29. And uh, who knows how the uh, you know the transition to Kellen Moore is going to affect that offense could make his targets drop substantially. So I think the rest of those guys have warts. I am... Hoping to get McCaffrey in the first round, but I'm targeting the round two running backs as my RB1 at current value other than McCaffrey. How do you feel about the round two guys? Uh, the round, or actually, give me your opinion on Eckler through Eckler, Robinson, Barkley before, and then we'll yep. move on. Yep. So for me, I I have a clear top seven whenever I am drafting, which I think you're probably going to include one other guy that probably pushes Eckler down a little bit more. But it's Jefferson, Chase, CMC, Travis Kelsey, um, Austin Eckler. Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Did I say eight people? I can't remember. But those are my I think my top. You you said okay, seven. Yeah. Sorry, I was, was counting good. wrong with my fingers. That's embarrassing. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so those are my top seven <laughs> players. So if I'm drafting at number seven and the top six goes six, I will take Austin Eckler there, um, especially in half or non PPR. I still feel pretty comfortable with them. Again, I'm I'm not going to say I'm not biased. I do have him in our mini dynasty league, so I'm obviously hoping for the best with Eckler. I do think there's a little bit of concerns uh, just with the offensive change and new offensive weapon, Quentin Johnson, maybe allowing more downfield targets to happen um, just relatively easier. Uh, for Bijan, for me, I don't hate it. I just I wish he was like. I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Like if you're, there's going to be someone in every league who's just the Bijan freaking guy who just wants Bijan Robinson because he's Bijan Robinson, and he's probably going to go in the top eight picks like there. So I'm probably not getting him because I have my clear seven, and then after that I'd probably throw Stefan Diggs in front of Bijan. Um, I would honestly throw Nick Chubb in front of Bijan. I would just wait if I could to get Nick Chubb. So. I think I'm just a little bit out. Now, the middle here of this tier with Saquon and Nick Chubb, if I'm on the 12 spot and I get Saquon and uh, Nick Chubb as my running back duo, I think I may do that and then just be able to just shotgun the wide receiver approach and get me two guys at the 3-4 turn that I feel good about and then find another guy along the way that I feel pretty good about. But that's probably the only situation where I'd go to running back unless I went CMC early and then like a Tony Pollard fell all the way back around to me or something, or a Derrick Henry does or something like that, I'd consider. Um, but for me, I think that just with how valuable wide receivers are right now, not only in the NFL, but for fantasy, it's very risky going to running backs. I think that if you are going to, it has to be two of these elite guys in this tier one we're going, uh, we're discussing. Um, so with that being said, like I said, if I'm at the end of drafts and, and Barkley and Nick Chubb fall to me, I'll, I'll take them both there all day and then, build my team off of that. Yeah, I like what you said with the top seven because I, I'm in agreement there with you. Uh, I, I would throw Diggs in instead of Cup, but it's the same <laughs> thing. I have that I have that top seven uh, with McCaffrey included. So if I don't get McCaffrey and I'm in the top seven of my draft, 
I'm hoping either Pollard or Henry, Henry swings back around to me at the end of the second round. That way I can play my hero RB as uh, you know, with one of those two guys at the top. Obviously this is all relative. Uh, you know, if the value falls to you, you don't have to force a running back in the first two rounds. I'm okay going wide receiver, wide receiver, or tight end wide receiver if Kelsey falls to you in the late first. Uh, so it all depends on how your drafts go, but I think ideally I would like to snag one of those guys if I'm in the top seven. If I'm in the back of the draft, eight to 10 or eight to 12, uh, I'm looking at Chubb in the eight to 12 range if all the wide receivers I like, uh, those top five guys that we mentioned are all gone, and Kelsey, uh, and obviously McCaffrey ahead of him. But if all those guys are gone and Chubb is there and you're at, say, nine or 10, like you said, I'm totally fine picking him and then uh, scooping up one of the wide receivers there on the back end, hopefully. St. Brown, Lamb, A.J. Brown, all those guys I like in a high second round. If they're all gone and, uh, like you said, if maybe everybody else leans into wide receivers, you're in a PPR league and you can grab Chubb and Barkley, I'm cool with that too. But uh, you just got to play the value game in each one of your drafts. I think uh, we are both higher on Nick Chubb than consensus here. Everybody, uh, this uh, ADP has him at five. I have him at two in my rankings, but uh, at 14 and a half on ADP, that puts him in the high second. I'm okay with him in the late first. So I'm a little more bullish on him. Then Pollard and Henry, I would prefer to get in the uh, the late second, like we said earlier. And then Jonathan Taylor, the last guy in this list, I just have a lot of concerns about, a lot of questions right now. I'd be probably avoiding him until the third round if he gets there. But um, I think that's pretty much it on draft strategy for running backs. Do you change your philosophy in 10, 12, or 14 team leagues uh, as opposed to you know, what you would do in smaller ones or uh, what do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think for this tier of running back, not necessarily. I think as we have discussed a couple times on this podcast, if we are going to a, um, if we, if we are going to like an eight or 10 man team, I don't mind. Like quarterbacks are going to get pushed up. Obviously if you can get Kelsey, I, I don't mind going Kelsey over any of these later round guys in, in shallower leagues, but anything that goes into a deeper, like a 12 or a 14, I'm okay going heavy running back just because it's it's worked out. And I'm saying this because it has worked out for me in our mini dynasty league. I've just had a lot of running backs throughout the years. I've kept three of them both years that we've done it or planning on it, I guess. Um, so it is, I think just when you have a lot of teams, if you have the running back depth, you just hold a lot of value. And I, I just, I think that's important. So I think, yeah, if it was a 12-team league, like I said, when we get to the 12 and, and Saquon and Chubb are both there, I take that every single time because I now don't have to worry about running backs as long as injury isn't a concern while everyone else is looking at a round six, round seven, round nine guy potentially going in their RB2 slot. So um, I, I would say that's mine. I didn't have a great answer for that one prepared. Do you have any specific philosophy that you'd go to when changing up the sizes? Uh, so I think I'd put it simply as uh, in 10-team leagues, smaller leagues, 18-team leagues, I'm more willing to take the onesie guys up top, maybe even taking a quarterback in the late second round if Hurts, Allen, or Mahomes falls to you, and then Kelsey becomes a lot more intriguing in those leagues as well. 12-14-team leagues, I am really trying to get a running back or wide receiver in the first two rounds, whether it's two running backs, two wide receivers, or one of each. Uh, that is totally up to the value that falls to you at that point. But I am much less willing to take Kelsey. I think, you know, I'd need to be at the turn almost at the at the end of the first round, and he's still sitting there for me to consider him in a twelve or fourteen team league because the uh, the depth concerns later on in the draft become a lot more real in those leagues very quickly. But uh, like we said, 
in a in an episode a couple weeks ago, eight and ten team leagues, it's easier to pick guys up off the wire because there aren't as many people rostered. So I think I would put it simply like that. And then lastly, obviously, this may be an obvious point, but just something to point out: we're leaning more running back in non and half PPR, more wide receiver in full PPR. I think in a general sense as well. So that would be kind of just a one minute sort of philosophy on my end is how I'm approaching round one and two deeper leagues. Hopefully you're getting a running back and wide receiver unless Kelsey falls really far. Uh, and then in smaller leagues, he's more in consideration, but uh, it's pretty much just taking the value. Hopefully you get one hero RB. That is the strategy I'm hoping to employ this year. I love it. I think uh, I don't have anything else to add about these running backs. I think we're hitting our time limit on it. So let's jump into three and four. Uh, do you want to, you want to take it off? Yeah, I will. Um, this this range is where I am leaning more wide receiver, and this is this is the range that makes me want a hero RB because I don't love these guys at their value at this point. I just think um, there's a couple guys that I I am targeting. Joe Mixon being the main one. If I don't, if I miss out in a on a running back in rounds one and round two, you know maybe Kelsey fell to me in round one and all the guys I like ahead of him went perfectly and I had to take him or, uh, you know, wide receiver value just fell to me and I love what I had at the end of the first round or something like that. But, uh, Mixon is kind of the last guy I am really okay with being my RB one and you can get him in the, the late third round sometimes. Uh, but I'm okay even taking him in the, the early third. If you again, got value at the other positions and you really want to secure that RB one, other than that, uh, I'll just run through these guys real quick so we know who we're talking about. At 9, Najee Harris. 10, Ramondre Stevenson. 11, Josh Jacobs. 12, Jameer Gibbs. 13, Travis Etienne. 14, Brees Hall. 15, Aaron Jones. 16, Joe Mixon. All of these guys going in round 3 to 4. Uh, obviously, Harris starting at the top is at the beginning of round 3. Joe Mixon at the end of round 4 at this ADP. I think you can expect him to be higher than that in most leagues at this point, though. This is including a little bit of earlier August ADP and... I, I don't know why he shows up so low on these lists, to be honest, but I think he will go higher than that. Um, I don't know if there's anybody in particular that I'm really off of other than Brees Hall in this range. Again, I think he's somebody that will fall farther than he is uh, listed at this AD ADP, but the rest of the guys I need to fall a half a round or maybe even a full round before I'm really interested in them at value other than maybe Jameer Gibbs in a full PPR. But I just like the wide receivers in this range better. What do you think? You you stole my point here. I was going to say, like I said, this is a draft strategy show. I know we're talking about running backs, but I just want to list off some of the, the wide receivers you have to decide between in these rounds. Um, so I will yep. say mine's probably a little bit off because I wrote these down before I went into the same filters as you. But just in a sense, three, four yeah, wide receivers. No, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. These are all wide receivers that you're going to have to pass on these rounds in order to draft one of these running backs. I like almost all of those wide receivers quite a bit this year. Um, so I, that is the, that's the hardest thing for me. Now, when we're looking at this, the tier in of itself, there's one name that 100% sticks out and that's Josh Jacobs. I mean, as soon as he gets back to either being at camp or whatever the resolution is, he's shooting up into a second round running back most likely. Um, so I, I, if you're in a draft, like you're in a draft this weekend, let's say there's no Josh Jacobs news about, do you feel comfortable taking him in the third round? So my draft this weekend is a home league. It's 10 teams, non-PPR. So I think for that reason, I would be okay taking Josh Jacobs in the third round because he is both more valuable in non-PPR and in a 10-team league because he has higher upside than most of these guys. 
But uh, in most situations, in slightly deeper leagues, I would be probably off of him until late round three, early round four. At this point, there's a lot of questions. I don't love this Raiders team as a whole. I think uh, the offense itself could hold him back. And um, yeah, like you said, there there's a lot more question of, you know, the, the, the Josh Jacobs playing at all this year is actually a question mark. Whereas, you know, Taylor and uh, Taylor just doesn't have any leverage. So I think he's going to have to play. And then Barkley obviously worked out his contract yeah. situation, but um, those are the concerns I have for Jacobs. Specifically. Okay. That's I, I echo a lot of the same things there. I, I want to hear more, I think so 33. So that's getting towards the end of the third. I wouldn't mind it. I just think, yep. like you said, it's risky, especially in deeper leagues. As much as we just reiterated it in the first point, you don't want to be in a 12 to 14 team league and the first running back you've taken off the board is not even playing football. So that is, that's a quick way to put yourself in a pickle uh, from swallow. the draft. So yeah. other than that, I just kind of listed these guys on kind of how I liked them whenever I'm factoring in their ADP. Again, this is just based on if I if they are 100% going to play. Josh Jacobs would be one, obviously. Two is Joe Mixon, and then three is Travis Etienne. There's been a lot of positive news about Travis Etienne coming out about from Doug Peterson. Uh, says he wants him to rush for 16 to 1700 yards. Whether I think that's possible or not, maybe. You know, we'll see. I think he's probably more of a 16 to 1700 total yard kind of guy with both receptions and running the football. But um, I, I do think that he's a fine value here going in the early fourth. And then uh, my fourth guy would be Aaron Jones going basically right at the same point Joe Mixon is, according to NFC ADP. I don't love Aaron Jones. I wouldn't want him as my RB1 necessarily. But if he's there at the end and all these wide receivers I love get taken off the board, then I wouldn't mind going Aaron Jones. But uh, there's a guy in this next round that I think I would jump up and actually snag before him that I think we both like quite a bit. I'm not going to spoil. So any other... Oh, I guess we're actually ending the episode after this tier and then jumping into the next one. So any other comments on this tier of running back that you want to uh, get out there? I think the last thing that we haven't really brought up in this uh, this particular talk that we've had about rounds three, uh, round three in particular, round three and four as a discussion, but I think Mark Andrews is the other factor here. Uh, and, and I'm going to just kind of kind of give like a synopsis of how I'm approaching rounds three and four, uh, taking into account, let's say I executed my plan. I got, uh, a hero RB, one of those top eight guys we like uh, in the rounds one and two, plus a wide receiver. I am looking for either Joe Mixon or Andrews in round three, if I can get them. If they're not there, I'm taking one of those wide receivers you mentioned. I like a lot of them, some more than others, but you can pretty much pick your poison there. And all of them are going to be you know, young guy, younger guys that have good opportunity. Keenan Allen, maybe one of the ones on the older side, but in a great offense. Nonetheless, I like a lot of those guys in round three at their ADP. And then in round four, Again, letting the board fall to me a little bit there. If one of these guys, if I have a late round four pick and, you know, one of Ramondre, Josh Jacobs, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, or Aaron Jones is there, I will consider it, especially in a non PPR situation. But again, I'm probably leaning more towards the wide receivers at that point because most of those guys will, will probably be gone in your home leagues and, uh, you know, your, your less sharp leagues because running backs just get pushed up in that situation. Again, these, these ADPs are based on NFC. So, uh, I'm not sure how well they're going to hold. I feel like the running backs will probably be about a half round higher than they are at these ADPs that we're looking at right now. So, uh, if any one of those guys is there in late round four, I'll take a look. But other than that, 
I am probably leaning wide receiver here, uh, wide receiver round three, wide receiver round four, unless Mixon or Andrews is in round three at a point, uh, point of length. Yeah, I, I did check sleeper just to see where Mixon was going um, as of yesterday when I did a mock, and he went mid fourth. So NFC ADP is not too far off of where sleeper Oof, is. Um, yeah, I love that too, but. You and I are going to spoil each other's parade on that one because <laughs> we're in a draft together. If you want to, one of yeah. us is taking Mixon probably earlier than where his ADP is because I I agree with you. I mean, if you three hundred plus opportunity guy, so you, I don't know why why he's that one. Yeah, absolutely on it on a good offense. Uh, he's been a bit of a plotter the past couple of years, but it's not going to matter if he gets that kind of opportunity with the Bengals. Uh, if you want to, you know, dance with the devil a little bit and you know take one of those round three wide receivers and hope Mixon falls to you in the fourth. It could end up being a home run draft for you, but I wouldn't mind even just, you know, maybe paying up a half round on Mixon and making sure you get him in the late third. Uh, it's it's still really good value to me. I feel like you should be closer to a two, three turn guy, maybe even a, a late second type of ADP. I, I agree with you. Well, Nick, let's keep it short. I think that we got through rounds one through four here pretty well. So make sure, like I said, like, comment, subscribe, check yep. out our other videos, check out our other podcasts. Uh, like I said, two per day each Thursday and Friday. So plenty of fan TC content to enjoy. Also check out our Instagram reels or TikTok, stuff like that. Trying to put out stuff daily. Nick flame me on Facebook about my Trevor Lawrence take because it does hurt me on the inside. Had to. Had to. (laughs) But uh, other than that, (laughs) peace out, everybody. We will be back with part two here soon.